From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Ipswich Election Watch 2020 with Alan Roebuck. This podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Episode 4, in the third week of official campaigning and when the Office of Independent Assessor rebuked Paul Tully for giving potentially misleading statements during the Queensland Times Division 2 Candidates Forum last week. My first guest today is President of the Greater Springfield Chamber of Commerce, Neil Coupland, who told me on Tuesday his chamber finds itself in a similar position to the Ipswich Chamber of Commerce regarding its relationship with Ipswich City Council. Then I chat with lifelong Ipswich resident and businessman Paul Casos, who has had more than 40 years' involvement in prominent Ipswich volunteer organisations, including motorsport at Willowbank Raceway. But first, Ipswich Election Watch offers this opinion. The coming local government election in the city is one of the most important in the last 30 years. Three very significant events involving Ipswich City Council have taken place in that time. The sacking of council is in 2018, amalgamation with the surrounding Mortonshire in 1995, and the bitter and divided council of the early 90s, when some councillors were up from their seats in the chamber yelling at the mayor of the day to resign. Here's an important question for voters in 2020. Does Ipswich need a return to the kind of embarrassing outbursts seen in the council chamber in 1993? or face the additional risk of having investigations into sitting councillors reopened after this election? Will the average voter make themselves fully informed about all candidates and what they stand for by election day? What Ipswich does need is a clear line in the sand, so the city can finally move forward. In the end, democracy will prevail, but at what cost? Neil Coupland is the current president of the Greater Springfield Chamber of Commerce. When I caught up with him on Tuesday, I began by asking the same question I put to Phil Bell from the Ipswich Chamber. What was he hearing from business owners about the calibre of mayoral and councillor candidates? I think that uh, the the general census that I'm hearing uh, uh, is uh, the lack of knowledge of who these people are. You know, they're uh, both in the mayoral candidacy and in the divisional candidates is the lack of knowledge uh, and the lack of experience. I think that the, the people are a bit worried that we're going to get people that represent, uh, that have no idea, unfortunately, about running business. Uh, you know, let's face it, council's a multi-million dollar business. Well, what are the issues facing businesses large and small in the greater Springfield area? I think that the, I think that the, the, the issues in, in the greater Springfield area are no different to issues in the whole of of the state and probably the whole of the country, uh, you know, major, major, most businesses have declining profit, employment levels. Nobody's putting people on. Operating costs are blowing out. Uh, you know, and I think lack of lack of confidence in our decision makers, be that uh, state, federal, or, or even local. What do you think the issues that candidates should then be concerned about, apart from the normal roads, rates, and rubbish issues? Well, I think that um, Ipswich needs to be, a, you know, needs to to attract businesses 
to the region, but I don't think their plan for doing it is is that great. I think that they there, there's a real uh, from business, we feel there's a real disconnect between uh, uh, local council and the business community. So much so that uh, we're not we don't feel that there's a lot of support out there. There seems to be a lot of red tape. Uh, and things like this. And why do you think that's happened? Because uh, my gut feel is it wasn't always the case. Oh, look, I think that there's, um, you know, we there were some promises made by the uh, the powers that be after the council was done. I don't think those those promises were adhered to in all cases to do with business. So I think that there's some, you know, so whether that's a disjoint and whether that's a departmental thing, whether it's a you know, come from the top. I, I can't tell you that question. I know that we've had many, many meetings with council and I just feel as if on a merry-go-round because every time we start, it's a bit like Groundhog Day. You know, we go back over the same thing that we've been to. It's at the point where it, it's difficult to deal with council at the moment. Let's hope that that changes when we get some elected representatives in place because it's clear that that can't continue into the future. Oh, correct. We, we think that. And, uh, uh, you know, as I said, I've spoken with, with the Ipswich Chamber and I think they're pretty much on the same sort of page that we are, that, uh, you know, we keep getting promised things, uh, you know, as in support for the local businesses, but then they make it so much difficult that it, you, you get no support. So, yeah, look, uh, hopefully that we get some people that, that get elected that have some business acumen that can go, hang on, we need to, you know, this needs to be a conduit, needs to be repaired you know, within the local businesses. Neil, do you think voters and residents more generally have enough information to make an informed decision? And, and what are the issues you're hearing from residents? I think that the, uh, I don't think that there's, there's enough information for people to, to, uh, to make a, an informed decision. Uh, you know, as I say, that, as I said, you know, you've got people that are not sure who the candidates are. Um, so it's not going to be, I mean, I suppose going into previous elections, we've had candidates that have been there for 10 years, so everybody would have a household name, so I suppose that's why they kept winning, whether that's a good or a bad thing. But, and I think the public got used to that, but I think it's an issue at the moment where people don't know who is who. Uh, I mean, uh, talking to the candidates, um, you know, with, with some of the candidates out there, I think there are some, some, some good candidates out there, but maybe people don't know who they are. And I think there's some candidates out there that, that probably, for the benefit of the city, uh, shouldn't be elected. Well, you move around a lot. So are there any specific issues you're hearing from residents uh, who are not in business? Uh, no, I think, I think that it's just, I think the fear, the fear is, is we have so much publicity over, uh, you know, in their words, the corruption and the fraud and, and the reason the council got dismissed. It seems to be, you know, the negativity sits with everybody and they're just basically hoping we don't get a group of people that are going to be the same. You know, I mean, you know, our biggest issue that I hear is the cost of rates within the, within the city. You know, uh, we're probably the most expensive rates in Queensland and I think that's an issue and I think that people think that the money gets flitted away and that's why or partly to do with. So there's some work to be done over over addressing those fears, the cost of our rates. Well, you've mentioned the Ipswich Chamber. It's been established for more than a century. The Greater Springfield Chamber 
is a young, enthusiastic chamber. How many years is it now, Neil? Uh, we're on about 13th year. 13th year and going from strength to strength. It's, that's quite clear by attending your functions. How do the chambers now work together? You, you must be working together at some level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's events that, uh, you know, that we have reciprocal rights. So if you're a member of each chamber, you can go to the other chamber. Uh, it's something that we... You know, we've had for for a few years. As I say, you look at you look at the 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 clientele of the Ipswich Chamber. You know, they a lot of what they do are fourth, third, fourth, fifth generation businesses. So they don't need to be nursing some of their businesses along. You know, they they know what they're doing. We're dealing with startup businesses, one year, two year old that are still in that infancy, where we need to support them with network, more networking events so they can grow their businesses than possibly what the Ipswich Chamber do. But there are things we did last year. We did some events where they held two in Ipswich, two at Springfield area um, and things like this. So, you know, when the opportunity arises to be able to collaborate fully on an event, we're, we're there with bells on. Continue on that theme, Neil. Uh, take this opportunity to get put in a bit of a plug for what's coming up for the rest of 2020 for the Greater Springfield Chamber. Well, Greater Springfield Chamber, we're looking at we're looking at a few things at the moment. You know, we have our networking event that we hold on the third Wednesday of every month, which is a free event for members. Uh, you know, business after hours um, that we have. Uh, we also have the opportunity for businesses to contact us and come along for free uh, if you know if they want to try before they you know become a member. Uh, we've got other things. We've got a couple of other breakfasts coming up over the next twelve months. We're we're looking at a couple of events. As I said we have probably one of our flagship events yesterday, being the International Women's Day, where we had a hundred people um, turn up to to listen to Ali Brigginshaw talk, uh, which was you know a very Ipswich themed thing, and a really interesting talk. But yeah, we'll be having some small business week. We're probably doing a pop up store for our members in the local shopping centre, so they get to the businesses that are not in that region uh, and not in, in in the retailer can show their wares. So there's a few things happening in the in the pipeline. Neil Coupland, I really appreciate your time today on Ipswich Election Watch and wish you and your members all the best for 2020. Okay, thank you, Alan. Thank you for putting this on. I think it's a great service to the people um, and happy to be part of it. Thank you. My next guest is Paul Casos, former chairman of Ipswich Events Corporation for 25 years. And he is a former board member of Willowbank Raceway. Paul is one of the most community-minded people I know in Ipswich, and he agreed to be interviewed for Ipswich Election Watch. I started by asking what he was hearing from friends and neighbours about candidates and their policies. Well, uh, Alan, I think that uh, what we're about to see is um, really a new era coming into Ipswich, and I, I think that most people are disappointed where things are at in the city, um, those of us who've been uh, uh, closely involved with the community, I think uh, we f- all feel uh, a little bit uh, cheated. And uh, I think there's a determination on the part of the, uh, the people to see, uh, to see change and uh, to bring about a new era for Ipswich. In terms of feeling cheated, disappointed, could you just elaborate and explain a little bit more there what you mean? Well, I think there's a lot of us who are, you know, Ipswich, Ipswich prides itself on the number of volunteers. And uh, I think those of us who've worked for -for not-for-profit organisations all of our lives, um, we've given our time freely uh, to the city, um, getting no uh, recompense at all. We haven't asked for it, it's not our style. But I think when you see 
um, where the city's at today and uh, the negativeness that, uh, you know, negativity around the place and, uh, and on all those things, it's, it's very, very disappointing. And uh, you, you've got to sit back sometimes, I think, and analyse what's happened over the last few years. I, I often sit back and think about the role I've played in the city and um, think of all those, um, uh, those uh, wonderful events that we brought to Ipswich over the years, over the last 30 years, and uh, the many, many, you know, hundreds of uh, people who've participated and the thousands of people who've, who have come along and showed great pride in the city, how proud they are to be part of it. I just wonder where those people are now and how they're all feeling. Let's talk about the election. March 28 will be here very, very soon. What do you think the community are looking for in candidates uh, and for mayoral candidates? Yeah, it's a bit of a dilemma this time because um, I think people are wanting change. However, the situation is that a lot of the people who are running, and I, and I compliment them all uh, for the fact that they've put their hand up to to, to uh, run for the higher office here in Ipswich, they're not well known. So I, I guess the public, there's a dilemma there because um, you want to see change, but you don't know, you know quite what these people are, uh, you know, are like, what their capability is. And of course, the other thing is that the, the rules have changed. Um, when, I, when I've read the reports that uh, have come out by uh, Greg Shamello and so forth, um, you know, an enormous amount of work has gone into planning for the future, and uh, and, I, and I must say that uh, that's going to bring about a whole different um, style of council, a, a different way of communicating with councillors, uh, a different way of the councillors communicating with the public, and uh, I just think this is going to take quite some time uh, for all parties, the public, the, the mayor, the councillors, to get used to that. I think there's a lot of challenges ahead. There's a, there's a sense that the pendulum may have swung too far the other way and boxes councillors in uh, to being ineffective. Yeah, that's a worry. I, I think um, it's really important, uh, like the two aspects to local government, we have the the, um, those um, senior uh, bureaucrats uh, with respect to uh, those people who are employed in the council for their expertise. But the councillors, of course, are the, um, are the link with the community. It's really what the community wants. And I just wonder what opportunities there are for members of the community to get that message across. You know, and uh, I, I think that uh, in this day and age, people are looking for... Um, you know, they're looking for entertainment, they're looking for excitement, they're looking for all of those things because we live in a, a really busy world these days. Two parent, you know, working hard and they're looking for what to do at weekends and that. And, and I just sort of think that maybe we've taken our eye here in Ipswich off the opportunities there are to really market and, and uh, highlight all the wonderful weekend activities and all the sporting activities and everything else like that and I think it's really important. It's going to be a massive challenge for whoever gets the job as mayor because it will start with with leadership and vision. Yeah that's absolutely right and and, and I guess all of us uh, Alan we, we've all got our pets our pet likes and so forth and I've had a an absolute lifetime involvement with motorsport and uh, you know the motorsport precinct here in Ipswich is is um one of the, the, the great secrets of Ipswich, you know, it has enormous potential and yet I haven't heard anybody 
talk at all about the tens of thousands of people who come here every year for motorsport, the, the, the business opportunities that are around that at all. There just seems to be no, no interest whatsoever in highlighting any of these things. And uh, I, I just uh, I hope the opportunity comes along for many of us to be able to voice our opinion and uh, try to convince the powers to be of the tremendous opportunities that there are in this city. Once again, going back to the candidates, do you think there are too many candidates there for looking in the rear view mirror? Uh, just looking backwards all the time rather than looking forwards. Yeah, absolutely. And like I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a visionary. Like the past is, the past is fine. Like we, 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 we should always learn from our experiences of past. But the future is what we must concentrate on this city. And uh, there are lots of. Um, members of the of the community who volunteer their time through not-for-profit organisations. And can I tell you that not-for-profit organisations today are really struggling. They're struggling because of the, the fact that, uh, um, you know, a lot of people don't put their hand up for these things. They face lots of challenges. And not-for-profit organisations are also not-for-loss organisations. And uh, I, I just think that... Um, you know, there's got to be a, a realignment of ideas. And if I could, if I could call on the, the new council to do anything, and then that is to develop a working relationship with the not-for-profit organisations, which are a tremendous link to the community. And uh, I think if we can strengthen some of those, we, uh, you know, that they will bring uh, great benefit to the city. And uh, I wish everyone well. I, I compliment people who put their hand up to run for public office. It's not easy these days to do that. And uh, I really urge the community to hop in and support them. Looking beyond the issues you've mentioned just now, very passionate views, there must be other issues more broadly that you're hearing about from the community. What, what other issues do you think will help people decide on who they vote for? Well, I, I think it's uh, people who, have a, um, who, who are uh, visionaries. I think that we, we need people who are, um, have some business acumen. Um, but by the same token, we need people who interact with the community. And uh, I, I think that, um, you know, a person who runs for public office needs to, to have some of those qualities. They need to be interacting with the community. They need to uh, have had some experience in the past. They need to have a, you know, one of the things that's really being pushed by um, Greg Shamello was that councillors in the future need to have a vision for the entire city. And I think that's really important. While the divisions are the way they become elected to council, once they sit down around that council table, they need to have a vision for the entire city, all the way from Marburg down to Springfield and out to Peak Crossing and you know all, all the boundaries of Ipswich. They need to be able to make decisions that's in the best interests of everyone. And uh, I think uh, you know business development, uh, working with the uh, uh, great opportunities there, the Chamber of Commerce, a very, very important organisation to the city. I think uh, councillors need to have the skills to be able to interact with all of those people and uh, I, I hope they, uh, I really hope they do. Paul Casos, as always, it's a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for uh, catching up with Ipswich Election Watch. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ipswich Election Watch. Music on this podcast is courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. This is Alan Roebuck. 
Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.